Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the third episode of Ling Later's Asia Bite Size Antitrust Podcast 2022. I'm Kathleen Gui from Ling Later's, and joining me today is Lin Bui, a partner at Allen's from the Ho Chi Minh City office, and Yolanda Hutape, a partner at Ling Later's Jakarta office. In this episode, we will be looking at antitrust developments in the ASEAN region. We will focus on Vietnam, Indonesia, Malaysia, and Singapore. There has been significant antitrust developments in the ASEAN region in the past years. Following the ASEAN Economic Community Blueprint, all ASEAN countries now have competition law regime, although some countries are still in the early days of setting foundation for their enforcement. Today, we will discuss the recent antitrust enforcement trends in ASEAN, followed by updates relating to the merger control regime in the region. Yolanda, would you like to kick off by telling us a bit more on the antitrust trends in Indonesia? Thanks for the introduction, Kev. Competition authority in Indonesia has been focusing their enforcement on cartel conduct, particularly on betraying involving government contracts and other cartel conduct involving livelihood sector. For example, one of the high-profile ongoing investigation is the Indonesia Competition Commission. APPU's probe into alleged price-fixing conduct of cooking oil businesses in Indonesia. This is a large-scale investigation, potentially involving as many as 27 cooking oil industry players in Indonesia. Uh, and in addition, primarily driven by the pandemic, APPU is now significantly more active in enforcing the statutory partnership obligation of large-scale businesses with medium, small, and micro-enterprises in various sectors. APPU is vested with this power since October 2019. Thanks, Yolanda. It seems that Malaysia is also having similar trends. Just a couple of months ago, the Malaysia Competition Commission, MYCC, issued a proposed decision against five feed millers for allegedly fixing the price of poultry feed. In particular, the MYCC raised concerns over the exchange of competitively sensitive information between competitors happening between early 2020 and mid-2022. I think one interesting point worth mentioning is in both cases, the alleged anti-competitive conduct come to the attention of the competition authorities after the steep price increase for these two products in Indonesia and Malaysia. The authorities obviously had treated the price hike with great suspicion, especially these markets were allegedly concentrated and dominated by established market players. Moving on to Vietnam, I think it's fair to say that compared to other ASEAN jurisdictions, Vietnam has not been very active in antitrust enforcement in the past year. Lin, can you tell us a little bit more about this? Sure, thank you, Kat. Uh, I think you're right. Um, the inactivity, uh, inactive enforcement in Vietnam is mainly due to the delay in the establishment of the new competition authority, the National Competition Commission, or NCC, that we call them. Uh, and this NCC is to replace the current Vietnam Competition and Consumer Authority, VCCA. And uh, until the NCC is established under the current competition law, the VCCA doesn't have any authority to conduct investigation or impose sanctions on anti-competitive behavior. 
and therefore in the meantime when uh, NCC is not established yet VCCA has been handling complaints relating to potential anti-competitive conduct and has provided recommendation to the parties to avoid un uh, unfair competition behavior so for example last year uh, the VCCA has uh, asked two major beer breweries in Vietnam to review their internal policy and remove any content that is uh, not in compliance with competition law. In terms of timeline, we are moving hopefully closer to the establishment date of the NCC and we understand that a proposal on competition of the NCC has recently been submitted to the government for consideration. So we expect that the NCC would be set up and uh, up and running uh, very soon. Another common theme that I've observed in ASEAN jurisdictions are the authorities' focus on digital industry. E-commerce is now playing an even more crucial role for consumers since the outbreak of the pandemic. As we know, antitrust enforcement in digital industry may involve novel issues, and it may be challenging to grapple with the evolving markets and address potentially new form of anti-competitive conduct. While the authorities in ASEAN are relatively young, we have seen some proactive steps taken by uh, them in respect of antitrust issues in digital space. For example, the Competition and Consumer Commission of Singapore, CCCS, revised their guidelines in December 2021. In the revised guidelines, CCCS sought to provide more clarity on uh, assessment of market power by taking into account issues relating to the digital space, for example, the network effects, and also potential abuse of dominance case uh, in the context of digital markets. Of course, it would be interesting to see how these principles are applied uh, in real-life cases. I would also supplement that just in September this year, the KPPU started its investigation against Google and its Indonesian subsidiaries for alleged abuse of dominance. Um, while the investigation is still in its early days, it seems that the KPPU concerns are in line with uh, investigations against big tech in other jurisdictions, such as EU, India, and South Korea. The KPPU um, is looking into alleged tying in discriminatory practices by Google, uh, specifically the alleged requirements for certain apps to use its labeling system and allegedly impose a higher fee for some apps. It gets indication also that the KPPU would continue to closely monitor the digital space, for example, e-commerce, OTT, digital ad. Thanks, Yolanda. This is definitely an important update, and it's alarming for big tech that have been subjected to heavy antitrust scrutiny in jurisdictions outside ASEAN. Moving on to our next topic, one of the important pillars of competition law, merger control, out of the 10 ASEAN countries, we now have active cross-sector merger control regime in five countries, i.e. Singapore, Indonesia, Thailand, Vietnam, and Philippines. Malaysia is quite an interesting one. It currently has a sector-specific merger control regime that applies to two industries, the aviation and telco industries. We will also discuss a little bit more on the proposed introduction of a cross-sector regime in Malaysia later. Uh, among the five ASEAN jurisdictions with active merger control regime, Vietnam, Thailand, and Philippines are the new kid on the block. Let us now zoom into Vietnam. Since the introduction of the new threshold under the 2018 competition law, 
I understand that more M&A transactions are now caught by the Vietnam merger control regime. Lin, can you share with us um, your observations and merger control trends in Vietnam? Sure. Um, so in Vietnam, we have a mandatory pre-closing merger control regime. And under the current competition law, merger filing may be triggered by turnover, assets, transaction value, or market share thresholds. And this is against the previous threshold that we had under the old law being uh, only market share threshold. And uh, as Kat mentioned earlier, due to the expansion in the threshold categories and also the low threshold numbers under each of the country under the new regime, more and more M&A transactions are now being captured by the uh, merger filing requirement in Vietnam. And we've seen some uh, transaction be, being caught on a very technical ground, while the impact on the Vietnamese market uh, is minimal. So just to give you uh, some context, last year there were approximately 130 transactions that were notified to the VCCA. And this is twice the number of filing that were made in the year before. So this includes both onshore and offshore transactions. And uh, in practice, most of these were actually cleared in the first phase of the review process. Um, and the sudden increase of cases has resulted in the VCCA being um, overloaded with filing submissions, while the transaction timeline can be at risk of being delayed. And one of the key concerns uh, that has been raised on the Vietnamese competition uh, merger control regime is the review timing. And the Vietnamese authorities acknowledge these concerns and there are proposals to introduce a range of different measures to shorten and streamline the merger filing review process. So, for example, they are uh, proposing to set up an online filing system, as well as introducing a fast track review system for no issue cases. However, to date, these are uh, still in a proposal uh, in the pipeline stage, and it's not clear to us yet whether and when they would be applied. It is impressive that as a young merger control regime, the Vietnamese authority is already reflecting on potential changes to make the process even more efficient. Let us now turn to the more established uh, merger control regime in the re region, Indonesia and Singapore. So let's start with Singapore first. Um, it is a voluntary regime. This means that the parties are not obliged to notify the merger to the CCCS. But we have to be cautious of what are the implications in practice for not notifying the transaction, particularly if the merger may have a significant impact uh, in the competition in Singapore. As some of you may recall, the CCCS had imposed a record fine of uh, $30 million Sing dollar in Grab and Uber case a few years ago. In respect of Indonesia, I think it is worth flagging to our audience that uh, our merger control regime has its own specificity that departs slightly from the practices in key jurisdictions. In Indonesia, notification is only made to the KPPU after closing of the transaction. And during the pandemic, the KPPU has extended the merger control filing deadline to 60 working days since the closing of the transaction. But given the improved COVID-19 situation in Indonesia, um, the KPPU has since May this year reverted to its original practice, i.e. the merger control filing um, has to be made within 30 working days from closing. 
In addition, in addition to that, the KTPU has also been seen to reinforce the requirements that for mergers meeting the notification conditions, is obliged to be notified to the KPPU and failure to comply will be subject to administrative sanctions, i.e. fines. KPPU has issued a flyer and made press release on this specific topic. We would expect that there will be more active merger control regimes in ASEAN in the coming years. In particular, as we mentioned earlier, the MYCC is proposing to introduce a new hybrid merger control regime in Malaysia, which should include both mandatory pre-notification for mergers that meet the prescribed thresholds and voluntary pre-notification for mergers that is likely to result in substantial lessening of competition in the market. The MYCC will conduct a further consultation in February 2023, and by then hopefully we will have a better idea on the prescribed threshold and procedure. The merger control regime may come into force formally in 2024, so definitely watch this space. I think it's a good place for us to wrap up. Many thanks to Yolanda and Lin for joining us today. Yolanda, Lin and I are always happy to discuss further if you have any questions. So please feel free to reach out to us. In the next episode, we'll be covering competition updates in Thailand with our colleagues from Bangkok office. Thanks for listening and goodbye.